scrimmage. Here's Cora. Welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me sometimes, as always, is Southern Bear, the Tweet. Tweet, how are you doing? Howdy, howdy. I'm doing good. You know who's not here? <laughs> Jacob. God. Can't depend on the guy. Can't trust him as far as I can throw the guy. Nope, and you can't throw him very far. Can't throw him very far. Well, tonight, tonight we're taking a break from our interviews with all of our managers to talk with one of the founders of Campus to Canton, Felix Sharp. Welcome, Felix. I wonder if, if trusting him as far as you can throw him is actually a compliment for a very light person. You know, somebody, <laughs> maybe. Sometimes, maybe. I mean, it's a, a, ever. Jacob um, was a D lineman. Uh, he's not light. No. But, well, welcome, Felix. Uh, we'll thank you later as well, because I know how much you like to thank yourself. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. So make sure you go out there, you download, rate, and review the podcast. We are up to a whopping 25 downloads a week, um, and we only do the one podcast a week. So we are killing it after one year. You know, I'm keep, keep pulling, keep, I'm, keep pulling. I told my wife that I'm quitting my job because I've, I've pretty much made it at this point. So she that did not. Should, that should work out well. Yeah, it should. It should. You know, it's kind of like HGTV. It's like uh, I breed caterpillars and uh, we're looking for a home that's about five point eight million dollars. Yeah. So here we go. Get into our quick hitter. Felix, you're new to the show, but I know you listen to it every week. But in case you've forgotten the rules, here are the rules. I will be giving you five clues to guess who this player is. It could be NFL. It could be college. So this is a big pool. But I guarantee you by number five, you should know who it is. So I will kind of go through quick the first three. Usually I have a lot of stats that are just interesting that I've pulled. Could be a guy that we've been talking about in our group chat. Could be somebody who's on the podcast that likes this player, something like that. So try to get this player of like, hey, we want to buy into him, or I just manipulate all the stats to tell whatever story I want to tell. So that's my favorite part. So then by four and five, I'll kind of slow it down. You just raise your hand uh, to me when you want to lock in your answer. So question or clue one, I am a wide receiver in the Pac-12. Troy O'Meary. Does <laughs> <laughs> anyone Felix wants to lock it in a Troy O'Meary? Number two, I finish as wide receiver 65 in receiving yards with 863 yards. That is 65 more than Keon Coleman. Okay. Uh I think I need I think I uh... <laughs> Need some more tweet? I, I see like numbers floating around your head. I feel like you might you might know this one. I'm I am uh, god awful at this game, but I give her hell. All right, number three. I have forty more 
career receiving yards than Jack Doyle. Was Jack well, Doyle and Jack? So, how many receiving yards did you? Well, give me the number two again. I finished as wide receiver 65 in receiving yards this last year with 863. That was 65 more yards than Kim Coleman, a fan favorite of this podcast. Curiouser and curiouser. And then three was I had 40 more. I have 40 more career receiving yards than Jack Doyle. So he's still got more college left. Jack Doyle's done. For reference, Jack Doyle had 1,769 career receiving yards, which I found kind of amazing because, I mean, Jack Doyle is a tight end. Baby hands. All right, number four. As a recruit, I was five nine and a half and 138 pounds. Small Pac-12 receiver. Um I, I thought I had it, but then I was off by three yards on the receiving yards. Uh, small pack 12 receiver. Is it uh oh is it the guy who just transferred to Colorado? Nope. Tweet, I think just put it together. Tweet, do you want to lock it in? I think I'm gonna lock it in. Who do you believe it is? Is it Jordan Addison? No. Wait, he's, he's still a wide receiver. Time. That's where in the Pac-12. What? He's a wide receiver in the Pac-12. Currently, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the last clue. I transferred to Oregon, and my stepbrother is Bo. Ah, Nick. Tez Johnson. Oh God, <laughs> tweet's favorite, Tez Johnson. Didn't Tez even know Johnson. you don't even really like him. Tweet, you're all. About boating about about this Tez Johnson, you got to get him in the Pac-12 place. Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah, Tez Johnson put up 863 yards for Troy. I tried to throw you off with uh, the Pac-12 and stuff, not letting you know he's in the Sun Belt, but more productive than Keon Coleman. Felix, what are your thoughts on uh, Tez Tez Johnson there? Now that Oregon keeps bringing in all these transfers. Yeah, he's a so this is a player that Chris Moxley actually really really likes. Um, and he oh, talked true. about him last year when he was at Troy. I is it Bruce Feldman who has the uh, Bruce who has the freak list? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Tez Johnson is on the freak list. Uh, now I know he's small, but he's a super explosive wide receiver. Now he, I mean, he's small like 150 pounds, 160 pounds, yeah. something like that. He's probably going to have – well, he is making the jump from from uh, Troy to Oregon. And yep, we don't Sunday normally – yeah, we don't normally see those guys succeed, but he is considered to be, you know, a super athletic player. I am almost 99% sure that Tez Johnson made the freak list. And if it wasn't this year, I think it was the, pr- the previous year, 2021. Um, so, you know, small, diminutive – player but we've seen those guys get drafted i mean tutu atwell one of those guys um uh and they and sometimes those, those small twitchy guys get get you know d- drafted in the fourth round somewhere so good player um i, I guess we'll see how he tweet where are you gonna take him to oregon where, where are you gonna, gonna take him? him yeah supplemental draft <laughs> tweet where are you gonna take him let's hear I, it from I, the guy I, he's, he's one of my later round guys but later yeah. round but he, yeah. I mean, they're they're saying they might use him like uh, DeAnthony Thomas, and like things like that. Like he's not just going to line up at wide receiver, from what I'm hearing. He's going to play maybe a little scat back, things like that too. So, all right, yeah, he's I, have some value. I, I think I agree that it should be a lower. I, yeah. I because I just don't know his NFL potential, and I don't know, you know, that he's a guy that you start weekly on the college side. So probably a last round pick for me. Yep. All right, now Ted Johnson, do- number ninety-six, Bo Nix's high school wide receiver, caught eighteen passes for the Trojans for two hundred and eleven yards as a freshman in two thousand twenty. But should he be a bigger we- weapon this year? Johnson, who re- regularly hits over twenty-two miles per hour on the GPS tracker, is very strong for his size. He can deadlift five hundred pounds, more than three times his body weight of one hundred and fifty. He also can do flips like a gymnast. So he was 
He was Bo Nix's high school wide receiver. That makes sense. He's going to go reunite with Bo Nix. There we go. Felix coming out with all of the information that we need here. So I want to talk about another quick thing that just I was thinking about over the weekend. So it was my wife's birthday. Took her to a casino resort. We gambled a little bit. Won some money on some craps. Tried to explain craps to my wife. Didn't go over well. Um, but we're sitting in a hotel and I'm like, this hotel cost X amount of dollars. I just went to Tweet's wedding in Mexico. I don't remember how much it was, but I remember I wasn't really sticker shocked by it. Flights, all inclusive drinks, food, people treat you like royalty. I mean, they do anywhere since I did win both sides of the C2C league here. Muscatine knows about it. I get doors open for me when it's raining. People hand me umbrellas. So it's not much different than when I'm in Mexico. But I was just like, why are there no all-inclusive resorts in the United States? Why is this not a thing? We, as Americans, are always trying to find you know, another way to make money. And we just have really expensive hotels. Tweet, you just said that... Uh, before the show, you're going to go to Kansas City, and fairly expensive. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I think I think it, if I had to guess, it has to do with just, you know, we know we tip the service industry, things like that. They don't want the tips down there, but we still tip them. Um, I think it ends up becoming more costly in the U.S. at that point in time because they're going to expect 20% tips. On everything. I think that just ends up being part of the problem, but I, I have no idea. I love going to all-inclusives. We go almost every year. It's the best vacation. Felix, do you have any thoughts or opinions on why there are no all-inclusive resorts in America? Um, I, I really don't. I, I've, you know, I've never been to an all-inclusive resort, but I think – it might have something to do with the laziness of the American tourists, as opposed to if I'm, if I am, um, you know, going to New York or Chicago, there are so many restaurants out that I, you know, want to see and don't necessarily have to worry about safety. I don't know, maybe as a tourist, that would be a concern is safety in another country and not having familiarity, even though, you know, you can be a tourist in another city in America. It doesn't have that, that feeling of, of foreignness, to you. So I have no idea the answer to the question. I've never done an all-inclusive vacation myself, or I've never been on a cruise or anything like that. So that's the only thing that I can think of. Or like just even have an all-inclusive, like we have Americans going out to Mexico, Jamaica. There are plenty of people from other countries that come to America. Like, I just don't understand why we don't have those here. Well, nobody wants to come to Iowa and just sit in a cornfield and be fed. Well, they, can Hawkeye, they can watch Hawkeye football. Eh, what, yeah. what more enjoyable thing is there than Hawkeye football? Watching paint dry. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, you know, I'd rather go to the doctor, uh, like, dentist. You know, you think Texas or, you know, people come to, you know, pretty much anywhere in the coast or down south. I feel like that's where, you know, pe foreigners would come to California and New York and along the coast, Florida, Texas. I don't know. I think Maybe he's right, right, though. I think he's right. Like when you travel to like New York or Dallas or San Diego, like you want to hit these world-renowned restaurants these like places so you don't want to be kind of stuck to this one area get your money's worth you want to go to all these hot spots that you hear about all the time and it kind of makes sense to you know travel around and see everything else so when you're well, down in mexico you kind of like you go to the resort because it's the safest spot and then you don't really leave because oh you got everything there and there's really nothing else to see you got the ocean already so so why don't we get a resort all-inclusive resort. We we buy it in New York. We get like a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. You know, you just get all of the greatest restaurants that you want from America all in one spot. So now people don't have to travel everywhere to see those things. You just put it there and you do like a, you have kind of like the Vegas fountain. You don't, you just try to take 
the greatest things from kind of around. Like you obviously can't get the Grand Canyon and stuff, but maybe <laughs> that's what it is. You know, you have you're in New York. You know, Felix says Sabaros is the best pizza in New York, so you just get that there in the resort. You're laughing like that's not true, Felix. Sbarro's <laughs> is excellent pizza. It's excellent. But when I go to New York, I definitely try to get around to the dollar pizza shops. But um, is this is this Shark Tank? How, how much are you asking for? And what percentage uh, are the Sharks getting for, for this uh, endeavor? I don't know. But once you guys make it big with Campus to Canton, maybe you guys will invest. And we'll have a whole campus to Canton like section campus. Yeah, so just ask for five hundred million dollars for a point one percent stake in. Uh, yeah, in I don't know. Something to think about. There we go. There's how we're gonna get some money. All right, we'll get on to our NCAA news as we've made it about fifteen minutes into this. Light on the news. We've got Jordan Hudson commits to SMU. I'm a big fan of this move. He was originally committed to SMU, then flips, goes to TCU, follows his head coach there, now goes back to SMU. Tweet, do you have any thoughts or feelings on Jordan Hudson going to SMU? None. None at all. Back and forth. What value do you bring to this podcast again? I'm here for good looks. It's it's a podcast. The looks... Or for no one. Well, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) Felix, do you have any thoughts on Jordan Hudson? Yeah, I mean, this is a kid who, if I remember correctly, yes, I am remembering correctly. He's one of the more productive high school wide receivers that we've seen in in some time. And he's going to SMU, which, of course, SMU, Rhett Lashley is the head coach there. Um, I I think that Rhett Lashley is the reason why uh, Tyler Van Dyke came on the map at Miami in, what, 2021 and, you know, had success with two wide receivers there, Mike Hartley and Charleston Rambo. So um, I, I don't know that I necessarily – he Jordan Hudson, very productive at the high school level. I think, it, you know, Texas 6A or whatever the best level of high school yep. football is there. He's staying in Texas. Um, but I don't know if there was any, any particular trait about Jordan Hudson's game that led me to gravitate towards his game. So – um, one year at TCU going to SMU, hopefully he gets on the field. And if he does, you know, Rhett Lashley's system has been one that produces good numbers for wide receivers. So he, from that res- respect, he's landed in a good spot. And then we've got Keon Brown, a, or an, a Oklahoma recruit that uh, pretty highly regarded in the campus to Canton community he is now going to community college. Um, don't want to speculate as to why, but everyone's got their own thing. Felix, I've got a question for you. If I'm in a campus of Canton league, are you drafting Keon Brown, hoping that you can stash him for a year and that he comes back? Uh, if I'm in a startup, I might draft him with a 45th pick. If I'm just like, all right, I'll take a shot. If I'm in a supplemental draft, I don't. I really don't think so, unless you just think he has some sort of elite a1 talent that you can spend one year burning a roster spot on um i think the answer to that question is just like from a supplemental draft perspective probably not from a startup draft perspective i might spend my last pick on on this guy but i mean his road back i mean what kind of what kind of patience is he going to have going the the juco route is he going to be able to work hard and commit himself and get his grades up and get back to the power five level. Those are all, I mean, we just saw this with um, uh, the kid who's at Florida state. I can't remember his name and it took almost Destin Hill. It almost took him what, two years to come back. I just don't know if it's worth that kind of risk to to take a Juco player that. We got uh, people that have been stashing Destin Hill. Um, So grim. Listen up. Like these guys are just sitting on rosters and not doing anything because of their potential, but it's a it's definitely a it's a red maybe a red flag. <laughs> yeah, those generally are not players that I'm going to sp- spend a lot of time wasting. I mean, it's hard enough to get players that are going to migrate over to your NFL team and C two C. So, um, you know, I, 
No, I'm probably not. I'm probably not going to not going to wait around for him because I could always pick him up next year if I want to. You know, you can you can you can trade up for him. Let's say he let's see he has a breakout season at JUCO and becomes eligible in the draft pool next year. He's not going to be a first round draft pick. He's not going to be. He's probably not going to be rated higher than someone like Malik Benson going to uh, Alabama, who also went the JUCO route. And Malik Benson is. At best, you know, a high second round draft pick in supplemental drafts right now. You know, you are you aren't taking you aren't taking Malik Benson over Carnell Tate, or you know, you aren't taking most people aren't taking him over Jerron Dickey. And um uh those are like the back of the first round type players in this class. So I think if you want Brown, you can probably get him next year if he makes the transition. You can probably get him in the second or third round. So I would just wait till then. Tweet. Over or under the ninth round, eight point five, before Grim takes Brown here in our supplemental. Even after all that stuff that Felix said, I mean, just logistically, I have to go over because he has every ninth round pick. <laughs> so maybe that's where he takes him. All right, and then our last piece of news here: UGA wide receiver Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint. Uh, reckless driving. We talked about Georgia last week and, you know, kind of the what's going on down there. You've got reckless driving. Um, and then I think there was drugs in one of them. So, like, what tweet do you have any thoughts or opinions on Georgia and what's going on down there? I mean, I think. it It is what it is. I don't think they're going to be like hurting by any means because some of this stuff happens. Um, it feels like with any college sport, if you have a top tier team, like you, you, this kind of stuff comes with some of that top tier talent, unfortunately. Um, like, I, like I played college baseball and when one person did something that made my coach look like an idiot or put put his name you know out there he made us all pay for one person's decision this is like strike five at georgia here in the last like year like i've i'm just surprised that one if kirby's already put the team together in a meeting don't go do stupid things and that stupid things are still being done. Like they're in college. They're going to do stupid things. They're going to have fun. They're going to do whatever that is. I don't know what there is to do there in Athens, Georgia for fun, but I just, I just don't understand if that's already happened and people are still making these decisions. What's that locker room dynamic? Like, is that like the Antonio Brown, uh, Pittsburgh Steeler locker room and just Kirby's just not as good as keeping it as quiet as Mike Tomlin or, you know, has Kirby just not brought the team together? And then what kind of leader is Kirby at that point? Felix, do you have any thoughts? I mean, we already have a death and, you know, a guy being charged as a result of what's going on there. Um, he, he, it's probably time where he has to cut somebody or, some bodies more than one person because you don't want that culture to proliferate through the locker room. I don't know what the locker room dynamic is there. You know, are these just separate coincidental isolated incidents or is there, you know, a irresponsible um, culture there in that locker room? You know, Tony Dungy used to talk about things that happened after 11. I can't remember what the exact wording is, but they uh, need to get a, grip on it luck i say luckily luckily since the one death i don't think that anything else tragic has happened but it's so weird that's such a weird thing to say after yeah. the one death yeah. um so you know uh it's probably something that we are not going to pay attention to once the season gets here it's it's good to talk about it and sound virtuous when we're in the off season and there's not a lot to talk about but once football gets here, quite frankly, we're not. We're going to probably forget about this. But at the same time, I think if you are trying to get control of your locker room and get the players to respect you, you may have to release one or two players uh, and just kind of show a zero tolerance for this thing. But at the same time, 
I also believe in in redemption and giving people second chances. And to be honest with you, for anybody who got um, this is what I would do. I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to do, to do this and be a head coach. I would, I would probably um, uh, put the the person who committed the offense, put them in the middle of the field with, you know, and serve them the best steak in the, uh, from the, from whatever restaurant, you know, there isn't there in Athens and let them eat the steak and all the fixings right there in front of the team and make everyone else run their asses off because <laughs> when one does it, everyone does it. And you know what? And once they're done running, Coaches just leave, and you let the team handle it with that person. Um, that's what I would do. That's, I, like I would that. probably put I would probably put the person who committed the offense on a pedestal and punish the rest of the team. That's what I would do. That is Coach Felix Sharp. That's psychological warfare. Teams find a way to fix problems, especially good teams. And if you do something like that, you'd probably fix that problem. Yeah. And uh, I honestly think it, this could be the start of a slippery slope. Um, we've got uh, Hugh Freeze with, I mean, Grant, that's different, but he's got, you know, his lane of things that have happened that, you know, then you've got the Jarquez Hunter stuff that came out last week, dismissed from the team. He made swift actions. Like, they're different things, but they could be kind of like parallel in – Hey, if he doesn't do anything, like he could be the coach known for this, as opposed to the championships he's building and what he's got going on there in Georgia. But that does it there for our NCAA news. Not a lot of call NFL news going on. Trade counter still at 33 for the year. Lots of trades going on. Hopefully, here when we got our supplemental starting, we've got some trades happening during the draft, right before the draft. Keep the trades coming. Nate, I've noticed not one trade has been done by you. You are our trade guy. So what's going on? Are you sleeping too much? Like what? You're not doing enough. You're he not claims, doing enough. He claims he's Same. the king of trade. Nate, what's going Nate, get it together. Get it together. Tweet. He, he gets all these young guys and he just, he just hoards them and then he doesn't do anything with them. He's, he's setting himself up for failure. And then exactly. tweet, you, you haven't done any trades with Jacob in the last couple of weeks, which is shocking because you were on a heater there for a while. Yeah, that Greg Dorch trade was was pretty legit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know Jacob doesn't talk to me anymore. Something about his internet being out for like the last three years. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, Jacob said he couldn't make it tonight because his quote unquote internet. Fiber got broke by people building his deck. Like, come on. If you don't want to be here, just say it. We're grown men. We can handle it. This is a fantasy football podcast touching millions and millions of people with 25 downloads a week. Yeah. So, we got that guy in Uruguay. Yeah. We got him downloading it. Well, we're going to take new, new to the segment here. We are going to take a break. And a word from our sponsor before we get into our Felix questions. Is your C2C team lacking Debbie potential? Are you tired of Debbie analysts not adjusting their analysis, losing faith in analysis that just, you know, is always wrong? They just consistently make the same mistakes. Then you need to be listening to Back to Debbie, the only Debbie podcast brought to you by Campus to Canton. Get ahead of your league mates with advice from hosts that actually shoot from deep and aren't afraid of telling listeners how it is with in-depth player analysis every single week. Shows released every Wednesdays. You don't want to miss out. See you guys in. You know, I would not recommend uh, you follow the advice of that uh, of that commercial there. Uh, I don't know who that was talking, but um, <laughs> some have said I, some have said Felix that the Devi back to Devi crew is the Drake. Of Debbie podcasts at Campus to Canton, while some have also said that um, the Debbie debate is the Will Smith of. Is that right? 
That's I just that what right? I read. It's what I read. You no, know, somebody somebody gets six months into a podcast and they get a whole big head, and now they've got commercials on other podcast networks. I tell you what, if you take one thing from my time on this show, is never listen to back to Debbie ever. You never <laughs> never listen to it. That's the one thing that I want you to take from this. Uh, from this, and you interview. guys, you guys might wonder like how much we're getting paid by uh back to debbie and it is enough to fuel a yacht that is how much we are getting paid well i am tweet you're not getting anything so i'm just here for <laughs> for the looks remember yeah the looks so felix if you haven't turned into back to debbie i would give them a listen you know <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll check them out i'll check them out all right felix we're back from break. Now we've got some questions that we want to talk to you about. You are a founder of Campus to Canton. Can you give us just a brief history of Campus to Canton, when you guys started, kind of your growth, things like that? Why did you get started? Yeah, well, I think we were doing Debbie Debate. Uh, we started in 2020, and uh, I think at the end of 2021, Colin and Austin, they had started Campus Life and they were looking at putting a website together for this format, Campus to Canton. Um, I don't remember exactly how, you know, I came to know or they invited me or maybe I invited myself. I'm definitely not above inviting <laughs> myself to things. Um, but I just knew that, oh, like, yeah, that's that's something that just makes sense to me because everything we were doing on Debbie Debate at the time kind of lend itself towards evaluation and rankings and that sort of thing. So um, and I, you know, I trusted Austin. Uh, I th I'm the one that actually said for Debbie Debate, it was me and Matthew. And I was like, we need a third. And I didn't I had never talked to Austin verbally but i knew that he was an attorney i knew that he was well researched and i thought that he would be a good fit with the, the you know as far as talking goes and so uh, anyway for all of those reasons i kind of trusted what he and colin's vision would be for campus to can so that's kind of how uh it started um i think alfred was already with the group it may have been colin colin austin alfred and jarek and then me and matt came on uh, and so we started, we launched in, I guess, March of 2021. And, you know, we had a first iteration of the website, which I, it's funny because the first iteration was te terrible in my opinion, but we did well enough, you know, that first year that we were able to reinvest back into the website. And we've got, you know, since then, there are so many tools and um, things that you can do on the website as far as your analysis. For, for, you know, if you're in freshman drafts and you, want to look up the athletic comparisons for a guy like uh, Justice Haynes or something like that, you can do it. There's really no other place that you can do that. Um, but that's what the growth has been. We've uh, pretty much every dollar that we've made, I don't not even pretty much every dollar that we've made, we've reinvested it back into the site, whether that be the actual, the way it looks or um, with, with paying folks to, to write and pro provide analysis. So it has been a fun, um, love you know love project i, I can't I, it, it's late here on the on the east coast and so i'm skipping my words but uh, it's good to it's been good to see it grow and to do something with this three, a couple of guys that i had never met before in person when we actually started so um but that's uh that's a start and i don't think we're anywhere close to being finished with the journey or where we'll be in five or ten years that's really what i'm anxious to see i think that if we keep putting the work and that the we get some breaks i think that it could really break well for us but for the meantime it's just fun um doing what we're doing now and, and again i think it's i think this is work that we would do if nobody was paying attention to us if we weren't a recognizable brand what have you so something that you know if you're out there on the bird app that little tweet tweet thing um you'll see a lot of graphs and there's a little logo in the bottom, right? And it's campus to Canton. What did you think? Cause I'm assuming this kind of comes over your newsfeed. You see a lot of these charts. Cause I sure see a lot of them of people that I've never interacted with, or, you know, some people that I know that I know are in this area. 
and not in Campus Canton, but they're using Campus Canton tools to identify people for their Devi leagues or whatever. What was that like when you first start seeing that on Twitter and stuff like that? I don't think that we knew that the non-Campus to Canton or college fantasy market would gravitate towards us. But, I mean, we've been featured on Warren Sharp's website. Just this week there was an article in the on the Fantasy Footballers website, you know, citing to our stuff. And I'm pretty sure there are other places that I just haven't caught. Um, but, I mean, Jarek's tools are visually compelling, and it provides the analysis that you need. So it does make sense. And I think the other thing that, you know, that work, one of the reasons why we work is we intentionally priced the product at a, at a level that where we thought anyone and everyone could afford it. I mean, $2.99 a month was our initial price. We only had one package, $2.99 a month, and that remains uh, the price for uh, the walk-on tier, $2.99 a month. Um, so, you know, if you're, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't, I, I would put our product as far as value goes amongst any product fantasy product that you have out there, whether it be, you know, any pr- provider out there for two ninety nine dollars a month. I mean, there are discords out there that just to get in the discord, it costs five ninety nine a month. And that doesn't include rankings or tools or, you know, and the, I mean, the other thing is we really do serve a niche. So the work that we're doing, there's not that many people doing if at all, you know, there's not another place where you can go where you have a thousand um, college players ranked where you have a freshman guide where you can say here these are the players you should take in your freshman graph a Debbie guide a cff guide um, to give you different um perspectives uh so and and quite frankly we're not done yet we we aren't even even done yet i think that our market share with the non-fantasy audience will continue to grow to be honest with you um so to answer your question it's not something that i expect well first of all none of this is anything that i expected None, like the, the reception that we've received thus far is not isn't is nothing that I would would have expected. But um, I think you know Jarek puts good tools together. The guys at the website they make it look good, um, so it makes sense. It is a value. If I was not a founder, I'd probably be buying it myself because I would be playing in these leagues and there's like no other place to go for that analysis. So um, that's uh, yeah. How I want to go back a little bit, even before you founded campus can, how did you, you started a website, but how did you get starting playing campus can? Cause I heard it from listening to the Debbie debate and then Austin invited me into a league that I was like, because I wanted to listen, because I'm like, the college side is very, very, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, it's it's a lot, and it's very scary when you're looking at all this stuff, and he invited me that to the league, and it was just like jumping in the deep end. How did you, when did you start playing Campus to Canton? When did you know this was a thing? How did you find out about it? Yeah, Brian should coach his shack from Boston up there in Boston. Get in the car. He's a cop. He's a fucking cop. Um, uh, Shaq invited me to a league because he kind of saw that I was kind of doing deep dives as far as rookies go uh, on in the NFL Dynasty side. And so he invited me to a league and it didn't. I mean, I'm a I love the game. I paid attention to college football back when in 1998. Uh, between 1998 and like 2000 when Michigan won a national championship and Charles Woodson won the Heisman trophy. But after college myself, I had kind of gravitated away from college football. Anyway, he invited me to a C2C and I was like, Oh, this is exactly, I mean, I'm like many of us. It's just, you just feel, I, Oh, I, this works for me. This is what I needed. So, and I was no different than you, Luke, or tweet probably you also with just immediately recognizing that this is something that I wanted to do. This would be a, a whole lot of fun because it kind of changes the way you watch the game and it changes. It gives you more incentive to do that evaluation thing. And that's the thing that I have always loved is evaluation um, and finding, you know, hidden gems and players that people aren't targeting and value. I mean, some of my guys have been uh, Michael Penix Jr., Anthony Richardson, uh, uh, Jamison Williams, 
um, all got, and you get to see their trajectory b- between being a guy that no one is talking about to be in the f- number four pick in the NFL draft or with Jamison Williams. I was high on him when he was the fifth wide receiver at Ohio state. So that kind of thing is really satisfying and really um, satisfying. And um, I don't know, there's another word that I'm looking for, but um, it just kind of pushes all the buttons that I need. So self-fulfilling is that maybe fulfilling? Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Uh, if, and if people uh, don't know, you know, much about Felix, He's kind of like, you know, the NFL gets the quarterback wrong a lot. This guy, you know, shot layups with uh, Mr. Uh, who was his name there at BYU? I, Zach, I, Wilson. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. I mean, there used to be a jersey. That kind of that kind of went away back there. I still there. got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah got he, it. Was a sec- he was a second overall pick. And then you had mentioned, you know, just yesterday that in one of your, I don't know if it was supplemental or startups, Anthony Richardson is this guy that you need to take, you know, take a look at. Um, yeah. And he was the backup. Yeah. So. May of 2021. It was after his freshman season. It was the, so uh, 2020 was his first season in that season. Uh, Oklahoma played. So Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts were, you know, the, the mainstays and then Oklahoma or excuse me, Florida played Oklahoma in the cotton bowl that year. Anthony Richardson plays a little bit of wide receiver in that game, then played quarterback. And it was, you know, three months after or four months after that game were the first time, or maybe one of the first times where I said, I'm planting my flag. This is a player. Uh, I call he was one of my, you know, one of my guys on my guy. So Anthony Richardson. So I love, I definitely love the quarterback position um, because it is so valuable in fantasy. And it's just a, position that i like to watch given that all that's involved so um yeah i i mean i anybody who's paying attention i mean anthony richardson i'm not the only person that probably said that he was going to be a he's the most athletic player in college the most athletic player on the field in in uh, high school you know that his value or what it could be just hadn't um caught up to him at, at the point where I started talking about him, but now it's just digging and diving and trying to find those guys again. Well, you know, the next Anthony, find the next Anthony Richardson. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, something that we know here in the league is that Ian liked Anthony Richardson a lot more than Jacob because he spent, you know, he lost more games and spent the same amount of fab, so he automatically got him. So Jacob, if you would have just sucked more and like liked. Um, Anthony Richardson, or just trade for some fab. He could have been on your team sooner. Granted, you still got him on the NFL side. You made some trades. You spent some money to get him, but uh, good job there. Tweet, I haven't really asked you this before, and we've got you know somebody who's part of Campus Kin. What did you think when I brought this to your attention of this concept of Campus to Canton, and why did you join the league slash we're in year three? Why are you still here? Um, really, it's just, I love fantasy football personally. Um, and I've always been a college football junkie. Like I love the NFL, but college football is my, my favorite part. And so now that I can take these guys and I liken it to the video game, I think we're going to touch on that later, but like, you can like recruit these guys to your team and then try to get the right guy to go pro and then you know you're building i don't know your own franchise and that's kind of something that i just really enjoy i mean besides the fact that you threatened to take me out at the knees right. if i didn't join yep um other than that i do I, I mean this is my favorite league um there's no if hands or buts about it i think the just like felix said identifying that guy and getting that self like gratitude you identified this dude as a freshman. He's your guy. Now he's played three years. Now he's a first-round draft pick. He's the starting quarterback, running back for whoever. Like That's like the greatest thing Like you can kind of hang your hat on. I mean, yeah, we all use other sources to, to determine that, but it's like I picked him. I wrote him out, and look at what he's doing now. It's just awesome. I think that's the most fun thing. So when I first just asked you, like, hey, will you join a campus of Kent League? Your first thought was, like, what? It was more, what yeah, is- what? what is this? What the hell are you talking about? 
And then you explained it to me. I think you called me and explained it to me. And then I was like 100% in because I love college football. I love, I love NFL fantasy. Let's combine the two. Let's have some fun. So I'll figure, you know, Felix giving us our his time, his valuable time here at talking, giving us an interview. Figured I'd give him something back, like people that are playing the league, like why, why do we play it? You know, why are we interested in it? I think you know that's something interesting. So here in the league, if you if you do have Twitter, reach out to Felix. Felix, what's your uh, handle there on Twitter? At Sharp Review. That's Sharp with a knee. At Sharp Review on Twitter. So. You know, feel free to tag him on, you know, why you like, you know, campus to Canton leagues. So I want to know, like, what obstacle or like you've been trying to grow the format. Like, what has your journey looked like during this couple year span that you guys have started the website? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good question. Um, the journey has been it's been mostly positive. I mean, I think that I don't think that. um we expected the reception that we that we got, you know, out of the gate, and it's been positive. I think that we've tried to grow the game by reaching out to some of the platforms. Like I've had conversations with business development directors at both Fan Tracks and Sleeper, and just kind of understand what their take on the business side of college fantasy football is. And so, as far as obstacles go, I think that some of those meetings that we've had um, with the the bigger industry folks, you know, the people at recruiting websites and stuff like that. They just don't see um, the, the, the few people that we've, that we've talked to have not seen the, that there is a market for this. Uh, They don't see the future in it. And so it is just kind of to beating down that door. We've actually got a letter out right now to probably, you know, to, you know, a big name in the college recruiting space. Um, It's just beating down that door and making relationships and one saying we're here um help us grow this game help us get fantasy college fantasy on espn on sleeper on you know mfl help us get there uh so i mean you asked about obstacles i think that that is the biggest obstacle is just showing um the the, the powers that be at the major platforms that this is not a niche like you could make money there is business there there is a business reason for you to be invested in college football. Now I'm just, you know, I, I I know that sometimes people think that we're a big brand. We really aren't. I mean, we're, we, as far as following goes, we really aren't. I mean, we still, there are still people who don't know who we are and our voice is relatively small. And so it's just increasing our influence so that we can um, make more of an impact in the community, in the community and quite frankly, affect change so that we can get, college fantasy to become more mainstream that's that's the the focus and that we just need to kind of keep doing it and keep getting one percent better every single every single day so you talked about you know growing fantasy and like you've talked to sleeper like i'm kind of curious i'm like what what have you heard from fan tracks and sleeper itself because we play our nfl side on sleeper um are you just kind of hearing like, hey, there's really no market for it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they so a company like Sleeper, for those who don't know, I mean, and Andreessen uh, Horowitz is a big time venture capital fund in Silicon Valley. Sleeper is not a fantasy football app. It is a, um, I would say like a community or a lifestyle app. Like that's how Andreessen Horowitz, the people who are paying. Oh, that's what I was going to say. That's a company that's raised over $120 million for, uh, for its, for its development. Um, and so the value that they see is in creating a community where people are spending time with each other. And, um, so, so, so the, 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 what I've heard from sleeper is that they are all about expanding their network, their customer base. And they believe that the folks who would be interested in college fantasy are already using the app by virtue of playing NFL fantasy. They don't think that they could increase their user base, you know, by a substantial margin, you know, a a place like sleeper, they want to increase their numbers by the millions or into the high six figures. And they just don't believe that there is uh, their market research data shows that, well, 
you know, these people are already in our pool. They're already customers of ours because they play NFL fantasy. So they don't, they think it's uh makes sense from a business perspective. So do you think that the NCAA 2024 video games going to help your business slash college fantasy football fan checks, things like that? Yeah, I, and I've talked about this a lot on both Debbie Debate and our Better Sports show, is that college football is such a regional sport. So if you're like a fan of Miami and Florida, you probably don't know, and you're a diehard fan, you probably don't know a lot about the roster at Washington or Washington State. Same thing if you are a you know a diehard Alabama fan, you probably don't have a lot of interest or do a lot of watching of Arizona State. Everyone is going to be interested in this video game, though, and the names of the players are going to be on the game which will inherently make the game less segmented and regional and more national because when you scroll back and you look to hot route a wide receiver, you're going to be able to see Marvin Harrison Jr.'s name on the wide receiver or Roma Dunze at Washington or um, Elijah Badger at Arizona State or Tez Johnson at Oregon. You know, you're going to be able to see these names or Travion Henderson in the backfield or, um, uh, you know, you're going to be able to see these names and so I think that that is just going to make the Alabama fan who doesn't watch a game in the Mountain West, you know, the, the, they will it will make these names more recognizable um, uh, across the country because it's not going to say wide receiver 21 or quarterback 15. Uh, it will have the actual names. And I think that that will inherently make the game less regional, regionally centric and uh, and and make these some of these players you know household names. I really do. I remember playing uh, NCAA growing up as a kid, and they had like once they started combining like the NFL, where you could like make that player and then transition them to the NFL. That portion, I remember like I'd make myself a running back, and I'd go to like University of Southern Florida, or I'd make myself a wide receiver, and I'd go to UCLA because UCLA is not on TV. I went to like all these places that like weren't really all that great at fantasy football or at football because I wanted to make them into powerhouses. So I'm thinking that might also help there in that kind of career mode. But I am also very excited to see this uh, video game come out. And I think, you know, here in a couple of years might take a little bit to catch on, but I think it will definitely help out the fantasy football business um, from college standpoint. So that's all I got for like those business types questions. What is a guy in your supplemental draft that you just don't want to leave without? Whether that's trading up to go get your guy or, hey, I think this guy might fall and I might be able to snatch him up. Who's that one guy? Yeah, well, if you listen to Debbie Debate or not just Debbie Debate, any of the Campus to Can podcasts, I think Lenora Sellers and Aiden Childs are the cheat answers for us. Uh, Lenore Sellers and Aiden Childs are, for us, this year's Quinshawn Judkins or the year prior, this year's uh, Raheem Sanders, the guy that you kind of got to go grab. So I'm not going to include them. Um, some some guys that I find myself really wanting to have a piece of, Malachi Coleman at uh, Nebraska, six foot four, super athletic guy, played well at the um, – the Hulu, I don't I forgot what the Hawaiian All-Star game is called. Um the Polynesian Bowl. The Polynesian Bowl. The Polynesian Bowl. He played well there. You know those there are a lot of those guys who are really, really athletic, who have good track times, uh, who just don't pan out. But they've got a new coach at at Nebraska, and I like these long athletic players, so I will fall for Xavier Hutchinson at Florida was one who that was a great athlete, just never panned out. So Malachi Coleman is one, but quite frankly, uh, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, probably after the fifth or sixth round is uh, uh, Oklahoma running back Caleb Hicks. He just has a great center of gravity, is kind of bursty, um, it has the requisite size, Caleb Hicks right up there for me. And then there are other names that I think I've, you know, people know about justice Haynes is my running back one. If justice Haynes was in Texas, I think he would be easily be the running back one in this class. I understand that Cedric Baxter is probably going to get the opportunity, but I just love justice justice Haynes 
film. You know, he's really twitchy, doesn't take direct contact, uh, even in the middle, even right in the hole, just doesn't take direct contact. He has some natural hands that, that I think he can expand on his receiving game at Alabama. So those are some some names that, you know, I would pay attention to. Lawson Lucky, the tight end, I would pay attention to him. But Caleb Hicks is probably my my answer because, you know, he's got Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuck in front of him. So it's just like, hmm, you know, he's probably a value player, but I just love what I see. And then played at a very high level of football in Texas again. Another kid, another kid from Texas. It's a good state to bet on. So uh, Caleb Hicks would be my answer. All right. And who's somebody at that you're willing to pass on in supplementals, whether that's at cost or, hey, consensus at Camps of Canton is like, this guy's a high guy. I'm just I'm just not in on him. Who's who's that guy? I think it's uh, I to be honest with you, I think it's Arch Manning. The the way Malik Murphy played was enough for me to believe that Arch Manning is going to have a hard time jumping over him. I know people say, oh, well, he's a Manning. It's just he's going to be elevated over Malik Murphy because he because of his name. I don't believe that to be true. Arch Manning didn't look the sharpest, the crispest. He didn't look like, for example, when Caleb Williams came onto the field for Oklahoma, his spring game, his freshman year, you saw that he was going to be a, like a problem, like, oh, shoot. And we didn't know that Lincoln Riley, how Lincoln Riley would use a running quarterback even though Jalen Hurts was there. We didn't know he was going to use running quarterback. And you saw that he fit just fine within that system. When I watched Arch Manning, I saw, you know, a freshman who didn't look particularly dynamic. And you got to consider where folks are taking him. Folks are taking him 101 or 102, definitely in the top five. I love Dante Moore better, and I like Malachi Nelson better. So, you know, by the time I'm done drafting those two, Arch Manning is generally gone. So I think given his value where he's being taken, it's probably Arch Manning for me that I will not have any of because I will be drafting Malachi Nelson and Dante Moore uh, ahead of him. All right. Well, that does. that's all the questions I have for you tonight. I appreciate you, you know, stopping by, giving us your thoughts and opinions, talking a little bit about the business. Uh, we – I kind of forgot to preface, you know, this whole thing. We were talking a couple months ago there um, in our sleeper chat about, you know, why isn't campus to Canton leagues bigger? Um, you know, it, it's the- getting bigger. I mean, they're, they're getting bigger. I mean, it's getting bigger every day. And I, I mean, I've got the, at least from our books, it, it shows that it's getting bigger. One thing that I'm super excited about, I don't really know what it all entails, but Fantrax just came out with that tweet and email saying that they're making their app a little bit more friendlier. So I'm pretty excited about, about that. Something that we've talked, you know, in our sleeper chat about is, you know, why doesn't, you know, fan tracks get better. This get better. This they're making all this, you know, I think tweet said uh, that they made like $9 million last year in revenue. Um, Something just to know they're a Canadian company. So maybe there's some stuff, stats wise there's maybe some media i don't know exactly what all goes on behind the scenes of just being in canada versus being in america um felix you might be able to talk a little bit about like yahoo did college fantasy football for like a year or two and then pretty much like was told stop Um, yeah that it we don't i actually don't know why but i was actually just in a meeting talking about that and just we need to figure out get a contact at yahoo that they can tell us why it is that they stopped. So, I mean, it's, and part of it is like, why does fan tracks need to get better? Because there's no other competitor. So on tweet was mentioning, you know, Hey, you should just drive to be the best at it and keep doing it. Cause if you don't, somebody else will. Um, so hopefully that app helps a little bit. I keep referring to tweet. He dropped off his internet, uh, I believe somehow Jacob has heard about our slander towards him and have cut tweets internet, I believe, because he has not been able to hop back on. So, well, Felix, that's all we have tonight. Do you have any questions for me? Uh, no, I, I was not prepared for a question. I've <laughs> well, since you asked, it felt really good to win both championships this year. 
winning on the college side for the second year, uh, winning. I went from the worst king of to C's. You are you are a king of C's. That yep. is the title that we are giving to someone who uh, wins both sides of the league in any given year. They are a king of C's. So uh, congratulations. Thank you. So we've had two years. So there's four champions. I own three of those. Um, you know, I thank all of you for your donations every year. Um, I really appreciate it. You guys suck and I'm pretty awesome. So thanks for listening to try to get like a little bit smarter about C2C compared to my wealth of knowledge that I've gained over the years. Uh, Hopefully, you know, some of you, your like smooth brains were able to comprehend everything that happened here. I really, you know, hopefully that you guys, you know, don't take Tez Johnson in the second round. I'm trying to help you guys, but we'll we'll see if anybody you know listens. We'll see if anybody listens. But that's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Luke Probasco. That's Felix Sharp. Don't forget to start your studs, and don't hate the player, hate the game. And I'm Triple H. Good night. Time.